0: Welcome to another Book on the Shelf podcast. I'm Jet. And I'm Jen. We started a book club. We read the books. And we did not talk about the books. Yeah, we didn't. <laughs> um, but that was like a million years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so we started a podcast instead uh, to talk about the books. And this episode is a book club episode.
1: Yay! Right?
0: Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> I was like, wait, that is it. it? Yeah, no. Yeah, it's no. your pick. <laughs> it's my pick. <laughs> Uh, so for my pick, we do every two months, uh, I picked The Memory Police by Yoko Ogawa. Um, partially because it was, like, not, like, totally, like, Bookstagram made me do it, but, like, Mm -hmm. kind of. Um, because clearly at some point it was on sale on Kobo because I had it on my Kobo, and that's why I picked it. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to be responsible, and I was like, okay, what do I already have? Let's pick one of those books. Um yeah so i'm excited about this Uh um why don't you tell us a little bit about the book all right so the memory police um which
1: i'm not going to attempt saying the title in japanese (laughs) um is a 1994 science fiction novel by yoko ogawa The novel which is dreamlike and melancholy in tone um in a manner influenced by modernist writer franz kafka takes place on an island with a setting reminiscent of that in george orwell's 1984. so the english translation by stephen snyder was published by pantheon books and harville secker in 2019. so it it the reason that i think we were suddenly seeing it everywhere was because of this recent translation up until that translation it was only available in japanese
0: well, and that's what it was like, right? When yeah. I first—that's clearly like why I got it on Kobo, because it, like it—it mm-hmm. it was definitely all over bookstagram And then when I like, I mean, I do go into most of her books completely blind, and I'm just like, mm, okay. Well,
1: because it was a finalist for the Booker in 2020.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. So this one I did kind of look into a little bit more, and then I was like, wait, 1994? I'm confused. So then I had yeah. to like, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> look at it even more. And then I got extra confused because it was translated by Steven Snyder and like, super random, but one of my film professors a thousand years ago in Winnipeg was Steven Snyder. And like, I mean, realistically, he would probably be too old at this point, but he was also just like that kind of weird. (laughs) But then I was like, would he randomly know Japanese and be able to, you know, So, so I did like look into it, but. It was not him. It was a different white guy <laughs> named Stevens. Cool.
1: <laughs> nice. Uh, but anyway, there's currently a film adaptation in the works uh, with Reed Morano slated as director and Charlie Kaufman as screenwriter. So. That could be.
0: intriguing. Super interesting. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Yoko Ogawa uh, was born in 1962. Uh, her work has won every major Japanese literary award, um, including two that I also will not try to pronounce because I really just don't want to, like, say them badly. Um, but internationally, Maybe she's no um, she's won the Shirley Jackson Award, um, mm-hmm. like, which is kind of spooky horror, sci-fi, yeah. whatever. I don't know the official, like... Um,
1: Yeah, I don't know what the official requirements requirements are either, but... um...
0: Um, And the American Book Award. And then, yeah, as you said, this was shortlisted for the Booker, which is, like, Mm. giant. Um, uh, Some of her other well-known works are The Housekeeper and the Professor, The Diving Pool, and Hotel Iris. Um, And this book's actually been named uh, uh, Best Books of the Summer in 2019. Uh, It echoes the themes of... 1984 Fahrenheit five four one five. Um, and a hundred years of solitude. Ooh. I have never read a hundred years of solitude. Me neither. My, um, the, I have, I mean, that's one of those books where like you just, you've always, I've always known that title. Well, I mean, post footloose school, but, um, and (laughs) like, you know, we are going to see Marquez. Like you just, Oh yeah. You know that, but I had like zero clue as to what it was about. Um, (laughs) <laughs> except there's a movie <laughs> huh. um it's a rom-com with Chris Evans and what who is she I always forget her name she's in the whole thing it's fine but Topher Grace is also in it and he plays like a so they kind of have like a writing group so like that's also like why it's kind of funny but like there's a whole bunch of people in like Aubrey Plaza and whatever um, what but, is this movie? <laughs> it's called Playing It Cool. Oh um, my god! Yeah, it's <laughs> it like it is actually like you know like it's a good you know throw it on Sunday afternoon kind of movie. But Tover Grace's thing is that he leaves copies of that book around with like a note, and like I think his phone number or something like that. like that's his kind of like art he calls it or something you know. Okay. And so then like throughout the movie. eventually like then part of that come part of the plot of 100 years of solitude like it's kind of worked out and the whole like cholera or it's not it's not 100 years old it's the life in the time of cholera that's what it is i'm backwards but same idea same thing um but like it pulls up to that so then that's why i always ended up looking up like 100 years of solitude because i was like i'm like back around but
1: i never read love in the time of cholera either
0: Exactly, and that's why I always like get extra confused because in my head, like it's the same, but it's like two books. But it's so because I'm like, oh, I just never read any of these books. Yeah, um, but yes, now that I've talked it through, my point was completely incorrect. But <laughs> it sort of ties around, and it is like a hilarious group of writers doing ridiculous things. One of them lives in a van. They always go to like a gun range. Uh, is Luke Wilson one? I think Luke Wilson oh is one of them. Oh my god. Yeah, it's Aubrey Plaza, him, Luke Wilson, Topher Grace. I feel like there's another, like, one or two of them. Yeah. That's
1: wild. (laughs) I've never heard of this
0: in my life. Um, But yes, either way, I have not read any of Marquez's work. I think I've read a
1: Marquez short story, Mm. but it's been a while.
0: Yeah. Um, And I definitely haven't read Fahrenheit 451, but I think that's because I grew up on loose. Oh, I have
1: read that one, and 1984,
0: although it's been a while for both of them, so. I don't think we read 19... We didn't read 1984, but we read Animal Farm, Farm. which is, like, the same, you know, sort of idea. Yeah. Um, Ooh, Ms. Jansen, anyways. I can can just, like, see that classroom. (laughs) (laughs) But, anyway. Yes. A
1: little bit about this book. Mm -hmm. So, the story follows a novelist who lives on an island... Uh, presumably off the coast of Japan, yes. which is under the control of the memory police. And so an unknown force causes people on the island to collectively forget and lose their attachment to objects or concepts like hats, perfume, birds, ribbon. And as the inhabitants move on from all these disappearances, the memory police are basically enforcing the removal of the disappeared objects from the island. And then... The people who continue to remember them, so the author's mother, which we learn right at the very beginning, uh, who either try to escape the island or hide in safe houses so that they are not captured by the memory police.
0: Yeah. So um premise. This was like wild and crazy in so many things. Right? <laughs> um, so yes yeah, so, like the main character is an author as well. Like that's what she does. So like but Yeah, so like I feel like I have questions, because it's just... Because, like, the things disappear, but they, like, they don't disappear, like... Yeah, it's
1: weird, because, like... So, it it starts with the author, (laughs) or the narrator, um who's also an author, which is why I yeah. confused. Um, anyway, it starts with her talking, but her mother basically kept like drawers full of all of these different objects that she'd saved. Yeah. So she had an emerald, she had a bottle of perfume. She had, um, those are the two that I remember most. Yeah, me too. <laughs> significantly. Um, and so she like pulls them out sometimes for her to look at and see. And like, so like they still exist, but like only a few people remember they exist and yeah. it happens later on that when like other objects that have not been destroyed show up like the narrator and then one of her her friends this old man like they don't they don't know what it is they're like it's just it's just this abstract thing to them
0: yeah and yeah. that's why like reading it was I couldn't tell if I was like getting confused because in my head it was like at first, I was like, oh, like, something, like, it literally just, like, disappears.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But it doesn't?
1: Yeah, no, because, like, even, like, what, when the roses disappear, yeah. they, like, they, like, basically destroy all of the rose bushes.
0: Yeah, and, like, all the, like, petals and stuff just naturally, mm-hmm. like, fall into the river mm-hmm. and then, like, wash away. Yeah, and, like, but, when like, the everyone watches here, they all fly away. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But then, like, when the books eventually disappear, when novels eventually disappear, like, everybody's burning them.
0: Yeah, it's this weird, like, they – because every time, like, when someone – they wake up and they're like, mm, something's different. So you have to, yeah. like – something's disappeared. So you kind of have to, like, look around your apartment okay. and, like, try to figure out what it is. And I'm just like, oh, well, that's the most narrative night divergent thing. No, I swear, it's right there. Um, <laughs> or like, where the heck would – it- what is, it? is this? Where did it come from? Uh, <laughs> How did I end up here? Um, but like, yeah, like it's this weird thing where, but then like they know enough. And then because the memory police are like so scary, they know enough to like, oh, if I have this thing, even though like I don't really know what it is anymore, like I have to get rid of it. Yes. But then some people completely remember everything, mm-hmm. which is kind of the big
1: Yeah, so we learn that the narrator's mother was taken by the memory police at one point uh, because they knew that she remembered. Yeah. But before then, she had hidden all of her disappeared objects. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then it ends up turning out that her, our narrator's editor, Mm -hmm. um, R, also remembers everything. So what ends up happening is, like, he the memory police are after him like they want they're gonna try and take Mm -hmm. him and so she ends up hiding him away in her house in like a trap door under yeah like
0: there's a weird kind of crawl space between Mm -hmm. the two floors
1: yeah yeah so she hides him away and then it's sort of like it's really just like their lives
0: yeah so it kind of in this kind of weird it's because it's like kind of apocalyptic but then also it's just like regular every day like at one point you know her and so like the the character is called the old man yeah Um, and he was like a friend of the family Uh, you know like they take the trains to go out to an old cabin that she had so like that's just normal but then there's still like grocery stores and stuff like that but Mm -hmm. there's kind of like a food shortage because like certain things disappear but then also like so like there's it's hard to get food. So it's this weird like, it had kind of like a wartime feel. Like, yeah. and
1: like again with because and stuff?
0: yeah, um, and then because like the memory police were also like really scary. But it then it too. was still like it felt kind of mod- oh, yeah, it was. And that that's why I had to keep being like this was this was from 1994. Like I had to keep
1: mm-hmm.
0: reminding myself <sighs> just to be like whoa.
1: Well, and it was strange, too, because, like, there are certain things that disappear, but then, like, so, like, the old man used to be a a ferry boat um, operator.
0: Yeah.
1: I guess that's what you call them. Um, And he still lived on the ferry. And they still, like, call it the ferry. But ferries no longer exist.
0: Well, and I think that's, (laughs) like, wait, what? (laughs) For me, like, part of it I was trying to figure out, because at first... And that that was definitely, like, the biggest one. I was like, wait, but he's on a boat, and boats don't exist anymore. Then I was like, oh, is that, like, a weird language thing? But I was like, no, this is clearly, like, epically translated. They wouldn't have just been like, well, it's just a boat. Fine. Like, that would have been, like, a huge error, right? So it's this. I kind of was wondering if, like, the narrator and the old man had, like, tinges of memory or if right they knew it was a fairy but like everyone else just kind of saw it as his like his dwelling house. or like
1: and then i was wondering is it that kind of a situation where they're still calling it a fairy i mean even though they kind of do remember what it used to do
0: yeah like they just they know that that's the word for it but yeah but it doesn't seems mean to lose it's
1: meaning yeah kind of like how I didn't realize why a tea light was called a tea light for the longest time. Um, that was just the word for a tiny candle.
0: Yeah. And then yeah. I was like,
1: wait a minute, this is called a tea light because <laughs> you put it underneath a pot of tea to keep warm.
0: Yes. And I, yeah. So I think that's part of what it is, is like, especially with that, cause, and that's such a good example too, right? Like so many things that we know, mm-hmm. we don't actually like,
1: yeah, you don't think about why it's called that.
0: And I feel like the kids today, you know, there's probably so many things. Like, they don't, you know, like... Even just, like, a word, like, dial tone. Nobody, right. nobody knows what that... Like, they don't know what that is. Um, well,
1: you hang up the phone. Like, yeah. it ceases to have any, like, actual meaning to it. Mm-hmm. Like, you were literally hanging the phone back up. Like, that's oh, yeah. what you were doing, um, <laughs>
0: literally. So it's kind of crazy in that sense of, like... Mm-hmm. Especially thinking, like, technology-wise. So, like, this was 1994. But, like, now some of that stuff actually actually has like disappeared but like we know what it is yeah, but, like it doesn't right. mean anything anymore
1: yeah well even like the way that the the little save symbol on everything is a floppy disk <laughs> right but like no one uses floppy disks no. anymore. <laughs> so yeah it's like this weird room, not to get too much into like you know there's a word for it but i don't remember what it is um <laughs> With, like, signifier and signified and how the signifier sort of, like, gets further removed from yeah, what it's signifying to, Mm -hmm. like, sort of, like, take on its own sort of being.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which is interesting. But then, like, she could still remember birds sometimes if she was, like, thinking of
0: her father. Yeah. Because, yeah, her bird was, like, her her dad. Her bird. Her bird. Uh, her dad was an orth- ornithologist. Yeah. And and yeah, like she was actually really happy that he he passed before birds disappeared. Yeah. Um Yeah. Well, and, and so like at one point when she was bringing our her new manuscript, mm-hmm. um I think he says Uh, It seems strange that you can still create something totally new like this just from words on an island where everything else is disappearing. Mm. I was like, oh.
1: Yeah. Well, and, like, I was just waiting for the novels to disappear the whole time. I was like, so when are books going to (laughs) disappear? Well, and it reminded me, too, of um, The Giver. Did you ever read The Giver? No. The Lois Lowry. Because in that, it has a, a sort of similar premise where there's a lot of things that don't exist anymore Mm. um some of it's like emotional stuff you know like their their society it doesn't have color so like Mm. colors don't exist and then um you know no one's ever starving so like that doesn't exist but then sort of like joy and love and like those things don't exist to the same degree either and then there's like a memory keeper and the memory keeper passes on the memories to the next person oh um. Yeah. So it gave me those kinds of vibes too. Except that instead of having all the memories stored somewhere, they just were gone.
0: Well, yeah, because like we never really learn. Uh, I mean, like, why it's happening, or if anyone, right. e- or if anyone even knows why, like, if right. someone's is it just
1: this island, or like,
0: yeah, like, or if something is causing it, or yeah. is it like we just know that there's memory police? We don't even really get any background to the memory, police? It's just, they exist. If mm-hmm. they realize that you are someone who remembers, you get, like, a letter, and they, like, offer you money. Like, it sounds like this thing of, like, oh, come here, and we're going to, like, see why you remember things, and we'll give you money. And then, obviously, you're never seen again, and you die. Um, That's when you get seen again. Um, And, like, there's talk of, like, building headquarters in this and that, but, like, we just, they just kind of have that, like, it felt very kind of, I don't know nazi germany like just like rolling into your house for sure um because even yeah like at the at the start like the first real encounter we have with them is they come into her to her place because they want to like go through her dad's office because Mm -hmm. the birds it's when birds disappear and they just like root through everything anything that has like a bird on it or the word bird they like burn and destroy throw in garbage bags and just like leave and that's it and you're just like okay Mm -hmm. um so I I kind of like that you didn't know but at the same time I was like like I feel like if this was written like now we would get another book or like another (laughs) point of view or the like you know yeah
1: because there's like that very brief um when she goes down to the memory police like headquarters or whatever place it is because the old man is being questioned by them. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to find out like what's happened to him and where he is yeah. and what's going on. And is he alive and all that. Um, and they sort of give her an explanation of like how. It's something like if you have gangrene in your toe, you like cut off your toe so that you don't have to cut off your whole leg. And that's what they're doing with the memories is like they're getting rid of certain ones. Cause they're, I guess like toxic or bad for you or whatever. Um, but that's like the most explanation we get of the entire thing.
0: hmm Yeah. Yeah. So crazy. hmm So crazy. Um And yeah, like her at one point early on, um, before she starts housing our I think just before, um another family that her family had been friends mm-hmm. with come over because the noise. Yeah, they were, like, about to be, like, taken by the memory police, so they had, like, brought some stuff over for her, like, some of her mom's sculptures um, that they'd had, like, this whole time. Like, her mom's been gone for 15 years. Yeah. And, because they were being taken to, like, a safe house or whatever, because there's... Yeah. Which, again, it still also then gave it that kind of, like... World War II vibes of like. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, just the hiding people away in houses yeah. under trapdoors is very. Yeah. Yes. 100%. Yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, okay, I keep getting these like little bits of. And like, then it just continues to get worse. Like, more things disappear, more um, raids by the memory police. Um, mm-hmm. Well, and even like
1: the checkpoint. So, when they're coming back from the oh, cabin. Yeah. And there's, like, a checkpoint they've set up to check everybody's identification papers. and Yeah. yeah and all of that.
0: hmm So. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, then, because even just, like, that, then, like, almost the reverse. So, like, some of the times I was reminding myself that this wasn't modern, or, like, I mean, quote-unquote yeah. modern, or, like, current, um, contemporary, because it was written in 1994. But then other times I always had to be, like, no, this wasn't, like something that was written in the 40s 50s 60s it was later because it still did have so much of that like mm-hmm. to it was really interesting how she like kind of pulled from the past but like went to the future too. yeah it
1: does seem to exist in kind of a like a very non-specific time
0: period mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah which is cool absolutely yeah um yeah, so they, they end up hiding R in this little, like, room that they make, that her and the old man make. So, like, there's a way for, like, you know, like, she has to bring him, like, food and water every day, but, like, he has enough kind of, you know, amenities, and they have a little, like, tube that they can, like, talk through. Um, But so he ends up, like, his wife is pregnant, so, like, they have a mm-hmm. weird little, like, drop-off thing at a school where they're trying to, like, get information to her, so, they, like, come back, and... I I totally forgot like when and I think that too then it's hard to tell like when it's happening because when the baby's born like someone they like draw a sketch of the baby for him Mm -hmm. so like when the narrator goes to pick it up and she like brings it back to them in my head I was like oh yeah because this is like the 1920s you know like way back but I was like oh no it's because photographs are gone yeah (laughs) it's like ah yeah
1: I know, it's weird, right?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But all of this uh, is also intercut with parts of the narrator's novel that yeah. she's currently yeah. writing, um, which is about a... Re- just- a typist? Yeah, I was, gonna say, I was about to say, like, a writer, but she's not, yeah, like more like a typist. Um, but she's lost her voice, so she uses her typewriter to, like... Mm-hmm communicate with her boyfriend who ends up being a weird creeper oh
1: God, this was so disturbing to me it was so funny too because like um not at this point at this point I yeah. because I was listening to this on audio oh. I didn't immediately realize when it was her novel I don't know if it was differentiated in the book at all
0: yes the the type yeah. the font was slightly maybe the, maybe the same font but it was slightly smaller like it was it was right. enough that
1: Enough of a visual cue that you were like, this is different.
0: Yeah, a couple of the times it was like the very start of a chapter, so you had a moment of like, wait, and you're like, and but like it was pretty obvious that it was like a smaller right. type, so yeah.
1: So, yes, so the first time it happened, I was like, wait, what is going on? Because they did not have this visual cue, <laughs> and there was nothing else to let me know until I was yeah. like, until you get to the end of it, and then she's talking about writing her book, and I was like, oh. I see what's happening here um, but yeah that was
0: super creepy one because it kind of had it, it sort of felt like foreshadowy because again we know mm-hmm. the narrator is a writer so we're like at some point either pens or paper or words or oh, books yeah, something, or something has to go Yeah. and the typist had I can't remember how she had lost her voice yeah,
1: I but, can't remember either
0: um, or if it was necessarily specifically said
1: I I think she Um, may have just, like, stopped talking one day and then. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, But she communicated to her partner through typing on the typewriter. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, as that story kind of kept getting more, like, everything in the real world, like, felt kind of okay. Like, there was the moments, you know, but, like, it. Yeah. There was lots of times where it was just, like. And then we went on about her life for, like... And you could tell, like, it was probably, like, they were fine for a few weeks or a couple months or something. But, like, the story... But then the story, like, kept getting creepier because her typewriter stopped working one day. Mm-hmm. And then... And so, like, she had met... I assumed he was her boyfriend, right? Like, it seemed like they were, like, living together. And then...
1: Yeah, I wasn't something. sure, actually. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs>
0: um...
1: I thought this was just because I was listening to it on audio and I'm really not used
0: to consuming books in this manner. Um, yeah, I'm, I can't... Yeah, fiction on audio is hard for me for I all of these reasons. I actually
1: think I'm a convert.
0: Oh, hey. I mean?
1: actually really enjoyed listening to this entire thing on audio. I was like, yes. oh, do I want all of my books read to me, actually? Yeah, <laughs> like... Right. <laughs>
0: um, I think it was just because I kind of read it in two chunks and, like, that part okay. happened in one chunk and then the rest of it I read on another day. Fair enough. Um, but, like, they had... They had met when she was learning to be a typist, and he was, like, the instructor. And so he's like, oh, well, like, let's just go to... It was in this old church, and then, like, the tower, you know, he has... That's where he kept all the stuff to, like, fix the typewriters for mm-hmm. the school. So he was like, let's just go, and, like, I'll be able to fix it. Like, it's not going to be a problem. But then, like, there's just typewriters everywhere, mm-hmm. and none of them work. And then he just, like, starts doing other stuff and not fixing the typewriter. And she you can tell, like, it had such a different tone. And it was just like, oh, yeah. this would be the point, like, in the movie or whatever, we're going to be like, what's going on? Really or like, you know.
1: going to get murdered. Yeah, you know,
0: like, when you hear, like, the lock click on the door or something yeah, like exactly. that, and you're just like, ugh.
1: Yeah.
0: And he's like, oh, yeah, so, you know, because he starts polishing his watch because he's going to time the students downstairs at the next class. And then he's just like, yep, okay, so, you know. You stay here and he just like leaves and like she tries to like type (laughs) her. Well, so then we learn that each of the typewriters has like consumed a person's voice. Yeah. And that's clearly what he's been doing this whole time. Yeah. And that's why he like, in the original like typing class, he like sort of picked her out. And then like that's why they ended up in a relationship. But it was because he was like purposely planning to like steal her voice yeah he of? was like
1: yeah it was very predatory and creepy yeah one then like, he just keeps her he keeps her there and then like dresses her and washes her like a doll
0: and yeah because it was like this weird um he like made clothes for her but they were all you know they were like out of paper or leaves or all these like yeah. other things and i was just like I need to read this book. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But when in the real story, Mm -hmm. when the novels disappear, then the narrator can't write anymore. Yeah. And, and I feel like that was right. Kind of like when the story within the story had gotten like, Pretty creepy. Like we knew that she, he was kind of keeping her up there, but he was like feeding her and like being nice and everything. And then, it's
1: nice to when you're holding somebody captive, well, yes, <laughs> and literally in like the quite literal sense, has stolen her voice.
0: Yes, uh, but then, so like R and the the narrator, you know, he keeps telling. her, He's like, no, like you just have to keep trying. So like eventually. Um, super spoiler the old man dies um there's an earthquake he yeah he has like a um brain hemorrhage from when like the earthquake and he got trapped under all the rubble and stuff like that yeah um and like she obviously took that very hard because like she grew up with him he was a family friend kind of a father figure just all those things
1: yeah and she he was like kind of her her only ally in Yeah, In taking care of R and, like, making sure he was safe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And just, like, the only other person that she kind of, like, talked to or, like, had friends. You know, like, they always had really cute interactions of, like, Mm -hmm. you know, she made him a birthday cake and, like, just a sweater and all these things. Like, they just, you know, were really connected. So she was struggling with that. So then that's when she, like, really tried to, like, get back to writing. And then it just... We get back to, like the story within the story as the book's ending and they like and the disappearances are escalating (laughs) to a severe degree but like in like the the story within the story someone actually like comes up and like knocks on the door but she she's having this whole like debate in her head of like this is how we can escape like just like make a noise like drop something like someone the person will realize that like I'm in here, they will save me, but then she doesn't, and, like, the guy comes back in, and he's like, no, like, I knew, you know, you had been absorbed enough into the room or something, mm-hmm. and it just, the way she keeps describing it, like, she was starting to lose her vision, and eventually she's just, like, fully consumed into the typewriter, but it's as he's bringing up his, like, new purpose, yeah. so...
1: Yeah, it was really creepy. It was, like, super criminal. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also there's this whole thing um, in the real world, like, in her mm-hmm. actual life, where she's talking about, like, trying to, like, keep her soul intact, basically, of, like, she feels like she's yeah. losing pieces of it as the disappearances happen. Yeah, they keep the talking about, like, their them. hearts
0: being, like, empty. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah so, like, uh... that happened. Right. Well, and then, <laughs> so, super, super spoiler for the end here. Um where people just disappear (laughs) Um, and I was wondering if this was going to happen at any point but it did not happen in the way I was thinking it was going to No. so like at one point left legs disappear except that their legs are still there they just can't use them or feel them or like have them be it's like the opposite of a phantom limb
0: yeah Like, like the
1: inverse of it right like where the limb is still there but it doesn't feel like it's there
0: and it's – because, yeah, like, the one she – because she wakes up, and the way described me is like, she was, like, something is attached to my hip, like, mm-hmm. it's holding me down, I'm still – whatever. So, like, you don't really know what it is at first. Like, you're nope. – you almost think that there's – it's something, but it's – then she realizes that, like, it's her leg, so, like, everyone just kind of figures out how to adapt to, like, walking – Yeah,
1: and how to walk without – On yeah. one
0: leg, but they still have two. Mm. And, like – Everyone's all afraid that, like, the memory police are going to come and start, like, amputating all their left legs off, because normally, like, that's what you, like, when something disappears and you get rid of it. But they just kind of leave it, because, like, obviously, like, that would, you know, and like... Well, yeah, what are they going to do? Start
1: hacking everybody to pieces? Yeah, it was so crazy. I mean, they probably realized that they didn't have to, because then one of the arms disappears. The right arm. The right arm. So at least they're, like, slightly balanced. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, uh, so the right arm disappears and then I mean by the end she's just a voice yes yeah which eventually also disappears and then she ceases to exist
0: Well, and it's, but they... like that
1: was so interesting to me too because that's like the inverse of what she was writing right where like that mm-hmm. person the voice was the first thing that went yeah whereas in this case the voice was the last thing that remained
0: well and that's why they kept like as they they ended up finding out that like her mom had hidden all of the things that had disappeared that she remembered and still had in her sculptures so like the ones Mm -hmm. they got from the the inouise they like because like during the earthquake one accidentally broke open so they like saw they're like well wait and it was like a harmonica and like a ferry ticket and some candies and that's why they went to the cabin because they were like oh i think there's a whole bunch more up there so like let's go take a bunch and we'll so them. all these things they keep putting in the secret hidden room with R because he actually fully remembers everything. That's yeah. why he is dangerous to the memory police or whatever. And so, that you know, like that's why when they were like getting rid of the books, she like put a bunch in there with him, but then like still burned a bunch so that it didn't look mm-hmm. like they were, you know, uh, cause she even says like people would notice if me, the novelist, didn't. Yeah, didn't like, have a bunch of books to get rid yeah. of. Yeah. Well, and then, yeah, the whole book burning thing. I was like, oh, that's the whole thing. Um, right? Damn. <laughs> uh, but this whole, like, in this little tiny crawl space, like, it's as if everything can still exist there. Mm-hmm. So at the very end when, yeah, so, like she's a voice because it had been getting harder and harder for her to, like, climb down the ladder because.
1: Because she only had so many working limbs.
0: Yeah. She had but did not have her yeah. right leg and her right arm. So like, she couldn't, like, carry the tray down to him uh, anymore. But then yeah, when she's like, when I was just a voice, I was able to just like, we didn't even have to open the door, like I could just slip down. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's so crazy. But when she was in the room, she was describing like, oh, you know, like there's the harmonica and there's my left leg kind of bent over there in the corner, and like there's, and here I was just like, what? I know. And then that's the point when like, at the very end, like he leaves because he's kind of the only one left. Yeah. Because it. Again, there's not, like, it's, it almost felt like it happened, you know, over a few weeks, but it was also, like, could have been a really, really long time, because, mm-hmm. like, there were, you know, like, after, you know, books disappeared, like, she got another job and became a typist for the spice company, and, like, life just kept going on, but at this point, it was just, he might have been the only person, like, left, so he just was able to, like, leave.
1: Well, because it turns out that the memory police are being affected by this in the same way, like... Yeah when the left the left legs disappear they can tell that the memory police have also like the same thing has happened to them they were just like ready for it yeah 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 but i actually thought that was really interesting because like so often in dystopian books you get some kind of resistance against the regime in place or like there's more of like a there's more of like a overarching like very western story arc of you know resistance and fighting back and whatever however that ends up yeah um whereas this was very much just like what would it be like to live under this kind of a regime and like the way that the that despite all of these extraordinary disappearances which sound absolutely mind-boggling to us mm-hmm. they managed to live fairly ordinary
0: lives yeah yeah like the only real sort of resistance thing was when the old man was taken in it was because mm-hmm. some people had like managed to somehow put together put back together a boat to then try and escape the island
1: mm-hmm.
0: and like they were like oh well because he was a ferry man like he might have like known but like again and it was clearly people who remembered boats because like everyone else is like i don't know what a boat is but that was kind of the only thing everything else Mm -hmm. was just exactly yeah like they still went to the grocery store and you know after the old man dies like she purposely was kind of spending more time doing all of those things you know cleaning the house until it was super clean and you know she would deep clean this and then she went and did that and like Went to yeah, be the, like if you were reading the, the Hunger and the stuff Games or, yeah.
1: and you really just spent it all with Katniss and District Twelve, just
0: going about her life. And, and, yeah, and as if everything else outside of that didn't mat- matter, you know? Like, there was no, like, no one was afraid of anything, really. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah, like, they're afraid of the memory police insofar as, like, if they are interested in you, it's dangerous. Yeah. um, But otherwise, yeah, like, it's just, it's, it was... I think we have a tendency with dystopian literature, especially in Western dystopian literature, is to make it all seem like living under extraordinary circumstances would feel like living under extraordinary circumstances. But I think you really just figure out how to go about your life.
0: Hmm, Pandemic much? Um...
1: No, but truly. And I mean, like, (laughs) that's the thing is, I think this is even potentially more relevant now than it was when it was written, because that's kind of like what we're doing what we've been doing like pandemic climate change like all of that we just keep going about our lives and not in like a complacent way but just in a you need to keep doing your day-to-day stuff and like i like that they they have their little resistances where they can right like hiding art, keeping all of the objects from Mm -hmm. um that have been disappeared like all of those things yeah yeah
0: well, and, I don't know and, if I
1: have a point, I just liked it.
0: Yeah, no, well, well and it, it's exactly that. Like, it wasn't, you know, Hunger Games, obviously, like, once we knew Katniss was special, like, it was like, oh, okay, Katniss is going to save all of us. Mm-hmm. No, at no point in here was there, like, oh, this one person's going to fix all of this. Mm-hmm. We're going to be able to overcome all of this. Uh, it was just, this is what it is. Yeah. Which definitely had kind of the pandemic vibes. Yes. Vaccines, et cetera, you know, mm-hmm. shout out science. Absolutely. But it wasn't in that same kind of like overturning the bad regime. Like it was just, mm. it was the equivalent of like, okay, well, you know, when the calendars disappeared, yeah. It like the seasons stopped. Yeah. So then it was like snowing all the time, but they just kind of kept going. So like, that's what we did. Right. Like, obviously you know thankfully the vaccines came when they did but like had they come sooner or later like or if it took longer or whatever like we would have just kept going Yeah. and even now like things are kind of back to before times but at the same time like it's just like we've all just learned to just keep going
1: yeah I mean even just with like all this wildfire smoke too where it's like okay you just keep keep on keeping on yeah and i I do I think we have a false idea of what living in these kinds of like even like historically like we mm-hmm. have false ideas of what it would have been like to live through either of the major world wars or any of that, yeah. and we think it would feel so extraordinary, but i don't I think it would be more like this
0: yeah, like there's just at some point you still have to yeah, you, you still just eat, get up, still and you sleep, eat, yeah, yeah, absolutely You still
1: got a job that you need to do like
0: yeah the whole time like it was never up until novels disappeared mm-hmm. and because again it was something that she had been going through her entire life yeah it was just oh okay like that's gone now Mm-hmm. and like no one really there was a one point when the novels went where they actually like the memory police came and like took a woman away who like clearly yeah. remembered because she was like oh my god like you can't um, yeah she, she they were I burning her books and I can't remember what she said but um Well, I know at one point the narrator said... I remember hearing a saying that was... Men who start burning books end up burning other men. Ah, yes. I was like, ooh. Um, But yeah, there was something... The woman that they took away, you know, was shouting some kind of like, you know... You can't ever destroy the words or... I don't know, you know. Something just about like ideas and stories will always continue and go forward. Um,
1: Well, and that was interesting too because she was wearing a hat. Mm. And but they don't say that right away because hats have been disappeared. Yeah. So it's like how she has something on her head. And then at one point the narrator yeah. sees it like has been dro- dropped on the ground and she's like, Oh, it's a hat. Like she yeah. remembers. That's what that is. Yeah. Like she has these brief and it seems like almost everybody more or less has brief moments of yeah. remembering things, especially if they are maybe attached to memories of people that because like people don't disappear at least like not in the same way of these disappearances. People get taken by the memory police. People yeah. Die. Yeah. But these people aren't erased from anyone's memories. Mm-hmm. So if you have a memory that's kind of attached to something that's been disappeared, that's attached to a particular person, they can almost hang on to it in that way, which was very interesting too. Yeah.
0: Well, I yeah. think it's that thing too, right? Where, I think scientifically, you know, especially like smells or like tastes or whatever are so much more tied to memories mm-hmm. where and I think it is. You know, I definitely have that. where you have that moment of like, wait, this is something. Um, I have more of those moments with smell and taste, but like yeah. not in a way where I can then pinpoint it to a something. I'm just yeah. like, oh no, like I know this is something. Whereas other things where like, if it's a visual thing that I see, I can like, see like go that
1: fascinating to me for that because there are so many times that I'll smell something and you smell it and it's familiar but you don't know why yeah you're like I know this yeah I know this I've smelled this before (laughs) and like it comes with like a feeling Mm -hmm. but you don't know like it has no context which is so strange
0: well like R gives he had had this like music box and he'd given it to the old man for as like a birthday present. And they all were like, they didn't like, they didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. So, like, they listened to the music. And at one point later, the narrator and the old man are like, they're p- purposely like listening to it and like trying mm-hmm. to feel. Yeah. Cause they know that it's like attached to something. And that's what we're, right. It's this thing where like, you know, it's something, mm-hmm. but you can't, can't quite like, figure it out. Because I know at one point they had said, like, um, well, and I think it was part of that because, like, just our talking about memories and the old man and stuff. And he, he had said, like, we're all free to do as we choose with our own memories. Um, and the old man said, like, I suppose memories live here, here and there in the body, moving his hand um, mm-hmm. from the top of his head to his chest. But they're invisible, aren't they? And no matter how wonderful the memory, it vanishes if you leave it alone, if no one pays attention to it. They leave no trace, no evidence that they ever existed. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, ugh. Because that's what it was. like. Um, but I suppose you're right when you say we should do everything we can to try to bring back memories of the things that have disappeared. So they kept having those moments that, like you know, with the hat, or when they were like, "Oh," or mm-hmm. when they were trying to remember the music box, and I was just like, "Oh man!" Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: It was wild. I. Mm-hmm. It, it was. It's one of those ones where, like, I mean, aside from the story within the story be ending, <laughs> so creepy. Oh yeah. Um, and just because sure. like. The the typist can like hear him walking up with a woman like he hears she mm-hmm. hears the high heels so, like she just so, like straight up one of those chroma Mimes episodes where like they lose ones like they they can't get rid of one until they get another you know and they keep grabbing yeah, copies of like, like a, their mom or whatever what is it
1: the the bluebeard um, fairy tale yeah where like he has a wife but he keeps murdering his wives and so like the subsequent wife. I
0: don't know the story that well, yeah. but yeah, same idea. <laughs> and just that's so, like, she knows it's happening. Um, yes. But the actual story, like it was just kind of calm and relaxed. Like it was, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about Hunger Games. Like, like when you're reading Hunger Games, you're like, oh my God. And you're like flipping and like, well, like what's going to happen next? And this was just, it had this simplicity to it, mm-hmm. but then like, you end and you're just like wait what
1: yeah and like it has moments of like you know one of my favorite parts actually was when they have the birthday party for the old yeah um (laughs) and like they make a whole meal of it she gets a nice fish she makes a cake they they have a nice celebration that's when he gets the music box um and then the memory police show up like that night yes Yes. so like there's all and then like you know we have the moment where like the earthquake hits Mm -hmm. or like then there's moment where they're trying to catch the train and they have all the her mother's statues in the bag that have disappeared objects inside of them and they're like checking all the memory place or checking the bag so like you have these tense moments sort of scattered throughout but yeah they're never like
0: it's not continuous something more yeah yeah like it's not building to something it like it doesn't have that kind of feel where like in other ones where you know like oh we have to get to the the thing's going to happen, you know, we have to get to that and then we'll see if everyone lives or dies or if someone wins or loses or whatever. This was just, yeah. It's like this stuff
1: is as much a part of their ordinary life as everything else going on. Yeah.
0: Um, when I like, so what, however many couple episodes ago, um, when we were talking about before the coffee gets cold, it was that same thing where like, it's, Mm -hmm. and it's clearly just such a different. Yes. Western versus non-Western writing, like just, which again, you know, I'm sure it's just straight up North American capitalism, consumerism, et cetera. Um, And the whole like bad guy versus good guy, you know, winning, losing, whatever. But it's just, this stuff just happens. And like all these things are like, so not like more psychological, but just dealt with in such a different way that then like, they're just staying with, like they stay with you more. Yeah, you have to kind of like think about it and ponder. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And like I think this is like there's this is one of the reasons I think it's really good to read like novels in translation and stories mm-hmm. from other cultures yeah. because you do get so locked into that sort of a western style of like save the cat storytelling where like you hit this beat and this beat and this beat and this beat. Mm-hmm. Um and you know it's like that sort of, you know, climb to the climax, denouement type storytelling, which is a a great storytelling method, but is not the only one that exists. And I think a lot of times in Western storytelling, we treat it like it is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. Shocking. But like, and so I I love reading something like this that is familiar in that it is working within a dystopian genre that you can recognize Mm -hmm. but is done in a different way that makes you think oh okay so like you could tell a story this way yeah and it's still engaging and interesting and thought-provoking and really enjoyable to read yeah or listen to as it is yeah Man. i actually thought it worked really well as an audiobook interesting,
0: interesting yeah interesting yeah um yeah because in my head i've just been like I mean, obviously, like I guess I probably miss parts of the nonfiction and the memoirs and stuff I listen to, but it's just something about, yeah, like the the way that my wild brain pays attention mm-hmm. and doesn't pay attention and thinks about seven other things. I,
1: I was going to say, I mean, this is my main problem. I I managed to read, re, yeah, I managed to finish listening to it, um, actually, over the last three days, going yeah. back and forth to work. Mm. um, But I did find myself, because because I'm really bad at... Like, like you, my brain is going in a hundred different ways. And there would be times where too much external stuff was happening. And I'd have to pause it because I'd realize that I wasn't paying attention or the number of times I had to like click back because I was like, I don't know what just happened. I'd like tune back in and be like, what's happening? What's going on? I clearly missed some important information. So I think my new tactic for that is going to be to have a really basic knitting project that I take with me on transit so that I can be doing something with my hands.
0: Because that's always that—that's always need, it, right? I need yes. to be—I
1: need some physically... kind of occupation with my hands in order yeah. to properly listen to the book. Yeah, but I really like it, and I don't know if it's—I've been reading um, some Ursula Le Guin essays, and she was talking mm-hmm. about sort of rhythm and how stories sound read out loud. Yeah, and yeah, I don't know. There's something about it. Something about it I really like. I, yeah. I put a bunch of audiobooks like in my it saved them all in my mm. wish list on libby and yeah. put a hold on a bunch of them so
0: yeah but anyway i always remember just like thinking about the whole like listening or like having someone read it to you my dad would always get so mad i feel like we were reading comics in the newspaper like <laughs> and i would right it looks like i would just be like looking over his shoulder and reading it and obviously like reading, and especially now that that I understand how my brain works, I can physically read really freaking fast. Right. But like to read out loud it's way slower. And so then he was like yeah. he was always like, Oh well like clearly you're not actually reading it that way and I'm like, it's such a different thing. So I think that's why then with like the audiobook, because you're processing it in a different way. Cause someone's like saying it out loud to you. Yeah
1: and um, I actually I thought that I would because my thing with audiobooks has always been I'm worried I'm going to not absorb the story in the same way yeah and I
0: don't think that happened nope
1: at all yeah no. I actually almost think that there are parts of it I remember better for having just listened to it
0: well, and I think that's yeah like with so many of the just memoirs track. that I've read it's been exactly that like yeah. I bits and pieces I absolutely remember because I was I think kind of tying into that, like into this story too, right? It's the, I was physically like, we you know, when we were talking about how like they were trying to remember something because it was attached to a person. So she could kind of mm-hmm. remember being with her mom and like her mom opening the drawer and like pulling out these things. So she has sort of all the external things, but maybe not necessarily the actual item. So it's that thing where like, you know, Colin Jost's memoir, I was physically like in the kitchen making dinner during the chapter where he's talking about his mom, because um, she was the chief um, doctor for, like, the New York Fire Department during nine eleven, So, like, she was literally in the towers right that day. Jesus. So, obviously, that chapter in and of itself, I probably would have remembered, but it's that, like, now I have, like, a physical mm-hmm. thing that it's all tied together. Um, so, yeah, so I get yeah. that, like... Yeah, memory's so weird like that. Yeah. It's like if I'm listening
1: to music and reading Mm -hmm. a certain book, then, like, sometimes I'll associate that particular, like, album or whatever I was listening to with that book. Or I can almost always remember um, what I was – what I had on TV Mm. um, while I was knitting certain projects.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, all of that ties into this entire book, right? Like, the Mm – all of just trying to remember that stuff. Like, when she's trying to write again, like, she – half of it, like, for a bunch of the time, like, she just, like, physically cannot get words onto the page, like, yeah. R makes a comment when she finally gets one sentence out, and it had taken her, like, the entire night, he was like, this is amazing, like, usually you keep bringing down pieces of paper that just have holes in them, because you've been erased Yeah, you're kind of scribbles so hard, but, like, you just have to keep, you know, going at that, and then that's when we finally get the, the last creepy chapter, yes. um...
1: Well, and even the way they'd sound out the words of the things that had disappeared, like her and the old man, like, trying to, like, wrap their mouths around these somewhat foreign words because they'd just disappeared from memory. And how sort of saying it kind of made it a little more real.
0: Well, yeah, because one of the things that they found in the statues was a harmonica. Mm-hmm. And that was exactly it, like, and that's how it was written in the book. It was, like, har Like, all with, like, mm-hmm. dashes and stuff, right? Because, like, you could tell, like, R was just like it's a harmonica, um, but they were like harmonica, like trying mm-hmm. to sound it out, and um, that was really cool too. Like the way all of the things that had dis- been disappeared, like when they were, because at first you don't, it, what they, it didn't just say like it was a harmonica. They like described it as like yeah, they like a physically described this brick. like thing and then like Ruck-table. when he put his mouth on it then he did the, like mm-hmm. then the sound came out anyway and then also you have that moment where you're like oh it's a harmonica yeah, it's a harmonica
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah so, yeah or
1: like the, the description of the candy that she yeah yeah when she eats it yeah yeah it was pretty cool
0: yeah. so good
1: also we didn't even talk about the fact that her and R end up in a relationship
0: <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> Which I figured was fairly inevitable at a certain point. Um
0: I but was like, even... oh yeah, he's doing a bang. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just it. Like, yes, like he's married and like literally during this has a baby. Yes. Um, but he's also trapped in yeah. a crawl space. And every conversation that they're having are just these whether it was apocalyptic or memory police or not, like they're just having these big conversations in the sense of like those life talks that you have when like you've been hanging out with your friend and you've been talking for like four hours and then it turns into like all these things and like life and you're sharing the intimate things and the stuff and this and then like and they're also physically literally like squidged together on a bed yeah yeah and then as like when she like lost her leg like he keeps like, rubbing and massaging it and, like, helping her try to remember, like, this is your toe, this is your heel, your whatever. So he's, like, just that, like, also, like, physically touching, you know? And, like, yeah, like, it was. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, in a way where it doesn't, they've kind of both accepted, like, he's probably never going to, it's not that he, I mean, like, yes, he's technically cheating on his wife. Yeah, but it doesn't
1: really have that feeling of infidelity.
0: No, because it's just, he knows, like, at this point, there's literally nothing that will ever happen that will let him out of this Mm -hmm. room to see them again. Yeah. And, Yeah. And it's not done in that kind of like, hmm, she's the mistress. Like there was no, nothing felt seedy or. No, cause it's just two people
1: that like really deeply care about each other in yeah. every way.
0: One, well, cause they had known each other for so long. Yeah. He was her editor. Like, yeah. And then we're in this position of just.
1: Well, yeah. You know? And she's like taking care of him. Like, yeah. She's feeding him and housing him and clothing him and giving him yeah. a wash basin so that he can wash himself yeah. to the best of his ability. Like, yeah, yeah.
0: So, yeah. Anyway, yeah.
1: I thought it was all very well done, <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. Yeah,
0: me too. Uh, I would definitely be intrigued to look into some of those the mm-hmm, other books we mentioned at books? the start, just yeah, to kind of see what the what the vibe is. Right? Like, is everything? Sort of yeah, in this, like, yeah, this weird sort of... dystopian something? Or is it just sci-fi? Or is it some of it just, you know, who is yeah. the housekeeper? And what is the professor doing? <laughs> We're like, right? Um, I know. I'm so intrigued. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that was our book club book. What is our a new book club book? We so will be... our
1: new book club book, just which wait. I realize I have not... Yeah put a post on Instagram yet to announce it. However, <laughs> if you listened to our episode about Canadian authors, you might remember us talking about an old Canadian book called Bear by Marion Engel. I think it's Engel. Yeah. Um, anyway, the main premise of this book is that there is this woman and she ends up in a sexual relationship with a bear, which <laughs> sounds insane. Yes. But this is like what, what, was it shortlisted for some kind of award the Governor general's award yeah. think, for fiction yes um yeah it's, <laughs> it's considered a little bit of a classic of Canadian fiction um <laughs> its premise is just strange enough and it got enough attention because of like someone being like well, what the hell Canada what is this <laughs> that I just felt like you know what let's let's read it let's do it let's <laughs> it's certainly gonna be interesting to talk about because yeah. what is happening yeah <laughs> But she got like a, I think she got funding afterwards to like write another book, like because this book was considered so well-written. So
0: yeah, there's definitely, yeah, I remember we to do some kind of grant or something. Cool.
1: And I'd known about this book for a while. Hmm. Um, and I just never thought to read it because I was like, this seems too strange, <laughs> even for me. <laughs> but you know what? We're doing it.
0: Yes. Yeah, so that is it, our, our summer read. We uh, We will discuss that on the pod in early September if, if we are not mauled by the bear who knows <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, either way uh, we are back on the website we got a blog coming if you are listening Happy. to this you can go read it right now yeah, um, talking about our, some of our favorite Toronto cafes to write in and hang out and whatnot. Um, so yeah head to the website com uh we're kind of back in the swing of things on instagram too another book podcast you know where to find us
1: newsletter coming your way slash probably already in your inbox if you're signed up for that
0: yeah um but yeah we're back we're at it you know where to find us we love chatting hit us up and we'll see you soon bye